I looked up and everybody's here. Good evening. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hey, what are you peeps? So, man, you know, uh, somebody finally uh, uh, decided to come early, bro, you know? Man, good job. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah. No, no worries, man. No worries. Ken Noble, what's good, my dude? What up? What up? Uh, what up there, Kendrick? Man, 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 what's up, man, everybody? Man. Good evening. How are you? Uh, you still up, glowing man? from the anniversary trip? Y'all look like y'all had a good old time. Talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it wasn't your anniversary that you long ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a blast. I was we like, I know. I, I recognize the black love. I know who I was looking at. <laughs> hey, Appreciate uh, that, man. Our 10-year uh, make, make me a moderator real quick so I can make sure Carl gets yeah. in. Cool. I did. You, you oh, never mind. It. He just showed up. Never mind. Got it. Well, as we uh, we're gonna give uh, folks like uh, maybe a couple more minutes. So, uh, in the meantime, is anybody drinking anything right now? Uh, she's intense. By I believe that. I I'm familiar with that. It's pretty good. I would concur. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anybody else? No, nothing for me, unfortunately. Nope. I did too much this weekend. Mm. I can I can understand that. When I touch down in New York, I'll uh, I'll drink something. So, uh, so, actually, probably I'm gonna drink uh, uh, the bottle um, I have from um, Smidox, uh uh, we could do better. That's what I'm looking forward to in real talk. Okay. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. I'm doing some ferment, something uh, in the bourbon whiskey uh, realm since I did a demo this weekend. They have a, uh, Devil's River has a coffee bourbon whiskey. It's really, it's really good. Um, I had it in my coffee this morning. I had it in my coffee yesterday. Real smooth. That's what's up. That's what's up. Of course, you touching back down in New York on the 17th, huh? Uh, uh, actually, no. I'm touching down on, what is it? Uh, it's 11 today. So, the 14th. No, no, no. Uh, thirteenth, you know, on Wednesday. Okay, shit. Okay. Yeah. Man, yeah, you got some drinking, uh, drinking to do, bro. Shit, absolutely. How long are you gonna be in the states this time? Uh, just for a week, and then in May I'm gonna come back for probably like, it's crazy, like for like three weeks almost. But uh, okay, mm -hmm. good, good. Yeah. For sure. Ken, were you were you drinking something? Yeah, I just popped off for this uh 
Prairie Buntastic. Uh, I picked up a couple of days ago. It's an Imperial Stout with cake mix, carrot, and carrot cake flavor. Hmm. It tastes damn good. <laughs> What's the ABV on that? Well, you know how Prairie do it. <laughs> Probably seventeen or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's no. not even it's not even listed on here, so yeah, we're just gonna go with that. Yeah, oh, what, what is it called again? Let me look on that tab. People be throwing this shit. Oh, up I got it right. Twelve point two. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That'll get you. Oh yeah, I ain't even ate dinner yet. <laughs> um, let's see. One thing I wanted to, I guess. See, I was kind of scrolling. I'm over at my parents' house. That's the other reason why I'm not drinking because they're not beer drinkers. And I just kind of just threw some clothes in the back because my mom's still under the weather. Um, I was on, I, I got on IG live and saw uh, Denton County doing a lab. So uh, Kumba, is that your collab that you have with um, Denton County, or they were just shouting you out with the tart cherries, uh, imperial stout, and uh, some type of bourbon barrels? Probably have a phone problems. <laughs> I think that was that seventh chamber. Um, and uh, it's got smokes and some cherries and some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I guess okay. that's uh, my my cue, huh? <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's you. That's you. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a bourbon barrel aged milk stout. Um, it's about eight and a half percent. Uh, and it's it's been aged in a uh, I think it's a bent bourbon barrel, and they added some smoked cherries to it. Okay. So it's 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 a uh, cherry heavy. So if you like cherries, you'll you'll really enjoy it. Um, you know, he did go a little uh, a little heavy with with the cherry. So. Okay. Um, if you know anyone that's in the BFW area, the one thing that he did stress was, uh, they're not canning it. Go early Saturday because it's probably gone before the day. So. There you have it. Yeah, they were they were supposed to be canning a a, a little bit of it, so probably um, for, for you elite folks, but you know us, uh, you know, little worker bees, we're not. Me, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I try, try, I mean, I try my best to, you know, you know, not to to not let Jerry buy it all, so. Right, right. Because he said smoked, and he probably perked up. Absolutely. Well, okay. This is Monday, and we have a special guest. Someone that I've heard of, I've seen on IG, but it's like the man, the myth, the legend, Carl, with For the Culture, which I love. I always was intrigued by the name. So welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. That was a very gracious introduction. So, this 
give us some, just want to just, just really have a conversation. So I know you're in Houston, right? Are you Houston proper? Because Houston is so big. What part of Houston are you in or are you in a suburb? As in personally or where the, the brewery will be? Where the brewery is, yeah. Um, it'll be in Houston proper. It'll be okay. right in, right inside the 16 loop um, for anybody. I see a lot of my, my Houston compadres in here. Um, some of my Dallas ones too. Uh, yeah. Anybody that's you know familiar with the Houston area, uh, this will be not too far from the Galleria area. Um, there's a bigger beer brand called Carbach Brewery that is located right at 290 and 610. And we're pretty much on the other side of 610 on a road called uh, Hempstead Highway. All right. I if anybody a has a pen, um, that address is going to be 7201 Wynn Park, W-Y-N-N-P-A-R-K, Houston, seven seven zero zero eight so it's 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 rather centrally located um somewhat adjacent to the area that is known as the heights as well so you know we and we anticipate being in a in a in a you know rather central area being able to get a lot of pool um i'm sure all the people in here know uh, it doesn't take much for us anyway to drive for good beer but mm-hmm. uh we're, we're hoping that you know being in the location that we're at uh, we'll be able to get a nice pool Okay. Yeah, that that sounds perfect. Um, so, tell me how you started. Uh, did you start with crap? You know, home brewing. How did you develop a love for beer to make you come to get to this point now, to where you're opening a brewery? For from for myself, it's it started. While I was in D.C., I I was there for grad school, and uh, it was a really good friend of mine who had spent a lot of time in Germany, and he used to always say, Carl, try this, Carl, try this, and I, you know, I kind of balked at it. It wasn't, you know, beer wasn't really my thing at the time. I had never developed a palate for it outside of, you know, your, your, your Coors Light, uh, Miller Light, et cetera. So, of course, anytime he offered me anything, I, I, you know, kind of, nah. <laughs> and try to, you know, go for something else. Well, one day he finally convinced me. Um, he kind of started me off with a um, a beer from Allagash, uh, their, their Belgian wheat. And I was kind of surprised because, you know, you had a nice wheat, wheat flavor, a uh, little bit of caramel. Um, it wasn't too hoppy. And, it, you know, it just went well with what we were eating at the time. And, you know, he convinced me when I moved back to Houston to, you know, pick up, pick up a couple of other things. Uh, his suggestion was La Fin du Monde by Unibrew, if anyone is familiar. And mm-hmm. so, of course, my friends and I, we happened to find some. And, you know, the next thing we know, we, we open one and we're like, say, you know, we're kind of, <laughs> we kind of messed up off of one beer. Like, what's going on? And, you know, we hit him up back in DC and he was like, man, that's because the thing was 9%. And you know, we didn't even know to look for that. <laughs> that's how naive uh, we were at the time. And so, you know, for us, that was like instant, like, okay, I can drink one of these, I can be good. Uh, and that, it tasted excellent. 
and he was and that just sort of sent us down the path and so in 2017 uh, another after some time uh, one of our less melanated homeboys was talking to us and he was just like yeah you know you can make beer yourself i was like no you know we all thought that it was illegal you know as black folks they joke about you know you make it moonshine or something like that so of course we make it we're making that joke heavily we're not making moonshine. We're not going to jail. We got enough to deal with these black people. Yada, yada, you know, <laughs> it's like, nah, 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 it's really legal. Like you can go get a kit, make your own beard. Um, you can start off with like an extract kit where you just sort of steep your grains, add your yeast and, you know, your hops, you know, as part of the process later and, you know, you can get to rolling. And so me and one of the other co-founders of For the Culture kind of started down that path. Uh, and after a few months of doing that, uh, we decided to upgrade to an all grain system and kind of see how that went. That happened to be about the same time as Hurricane Harvey. And so we're, do- we're doing one of our first batches as it's starting to storm outside. And we're like, man, we're trying to finish this, which was totally stupid because I should have been, I should have been home and that should have been that. But in the process, we sort of were thinking like, hey, you know, at the time before we we sort of knew that there were so many people that look like us actually in this realm. You know, we were so excited, like, you know, man, we don't see black people doing this. We can do this. Like, this is so cool. And that's sort of where the idea of, you know, starting our brewery, starting our own business um, started. Um, Of course, what no one will tell you um, in advance is that, you know, when you decide to to start a brewery, it's it's hell of expensive. I, I know my boy Smitty, can attest to that, where it's like, <clears throat> you, you think you can just get up and get running and then you start actually looking into stuff and you realize day after day, like, oh man, damn, I gotta, I gotta have a building first. I gotta have my brewing equipment first. Then I have to get, you know, approval from, you know, your local uh, area, your state, you know, TABC for us. And then, you know, the, the, the TTB ultimately as well, before you can even sell a drop of beer, like, that was crazy. And then you say, okay, well, we have to take it a step further now. How much is this going to cost? You know, can you find real estate that's reasonable that you could actually pay while everything is under construction and getting your approval? And then you have to get your brewing equipment in and the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, it's definitely been, you know, a long process and, you know, we've had to pivot a few times. Um, And in our case, uh, we actually encountered another, brewery and planning similar to us um, about a year ago roughly and they happened to be a, a woman-owned brewery and one of our you know mentors and, and good friends i'm sure everyone knows here uh, michael mufasa ferguson happens to live in houston and he, he does consulting and he had been helping us with our consulting and he was like you know what i really think that all things considered coming off of COVID." trying to save money, be reasonable. Uh, I really would like you to talk to, you know, these ladies over here. And what they had done was way back in 2020, they had, you know, found this location and they went and brought their brew house and just really got ahead of themselves, to be honest. Um, and they'll tell you that. And so they were in a position where they knew they had money up to a point and they were like, you know, we just want to make sure that we can we can complete our construction and complete our licensing process and put ourselves in a position where we can be most successful. And, you know, if you guys are willing, we're willing to 
you know, let's, let's, let's start a joint venture and sort of do something where we do two breweries under one roof where, you know, we can showcase us being, you know, a, a majority black owned brewery. We can showcase them being a woman owned brewery and we can just call it, you know, like the craft culture exchange. And that way it can be a, a play on different cultures coming together um, as well as creating new culture in the craft realm. Um, as well as still being able to showcase not only, you know, brews that they like to do, but brews that we like to do. And then on occasion, you know, we can do some things together. So that's where we're at now. We're currently inching towards the completion of construction. Um, as everything continues on schedule right around the first week of May. And then, of course, it'll just be a, a, a waiting game trying to see, you know, what the local municipality as well as ultimately TABC and the TTB do in terms of, you know, getting us final approval so we can get our brewers noticed. So tell me what is TTB? I've never heard of that. That's the, uh, that's the federal firearm and tobacco agency. That's, 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 the, that's basically the, I forgive me. I can't think of what the TTB oh. part stands for on the top okay. of my head, <laughs> but I know they oh, handle tobacco, alcohol, and firearms. Yeah, the ATB, ATBF? TTB. Like yeah, it stands for okay. uh, t- tobacco, uh, like tax and trade bureau or something. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Because when you said firearms, I was like, okay. I was going to me. okay. So for for the culture, who who is all of for the culture? Because I heard you say a partner. So under your umbrella, who all, who all makes for the culture? There's 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 myself, um, and then the other guy that is you know probably about as is you know equally as involved as I am is a guy named Jonathan Brown. Um, there's another guy, uh, Devon Daniel, who is more like a you know silent partner, a very very nice guy, but you know he's he prefers to kind of be, you know, behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. another one of our good friends who happens to be Mexican-American who, you know, kind of came aboard relatively early uh, from what started off as a, you know, pretty much a two-man operation, you know, over like the next year or so as, you know, we were gearing up, you know, people, you know, got excited and it, and it was welcome because it's a lot of work. They got involved and, and started brewing, you know, as much as we would and learning the process and trying to figure things out you know, as well. And that, that gentleman's name is Miguel Rodriguez. So that's pretty much the core okay. uh, for the culture. So I, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I don't think I really thought about that. I know that um, probably all of us have someone that they kind of lean on or ask questions to, but I never thought about actually having a mentor um, to kind of help you, kind of guide you through, and for him to say to reach out to these ladies to kind of, you know, you both have a, a vision that you want to pursue that was able to mesh well enough together to where you both can ac- have an accomplishment. And I thought that was so that was really great. Um, did you seek out the mentor, or did he kind of find you? No, at the it, w- it was sort of serendipitous. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think I, I think I saw him in here. Uh, a gentleman, uh, one of the best realtors in Houston, a guy named AK. Uh, he is also very involved. I'm sure I'm sure some of you guys know with you know with he's a part of Hop Topic, you know, with Ken and Nick Jack. And he happened to run into Mufasa, uh, got, got a meeting with him like very early on in our process. Uh, this was probably 2018, 2019. And he had a, he had a beer share at his house and he convinced Mufasa to come, who is, you know, always open to doing things like that. Like if nothing else, he loves to talk about beer. And so when he came, uh, they gave us an opportunity to kind of, you know, kick it with him, get to know him a little bit more. And, you know, he, he was just like, Hey, you know, if you ever need anything, just reach out. And so we happened to actually take him up on that offer. And, you know, since then, you know, he's, he's actually, you know, become a rather integral, you know, part of our operation. Um, I, I think that's one thing that is a, a very nice positive to have as a burgeoning brewery, because, you know, I, I wish, I wish to God I would have, you know, possibly known about something like this sooner and, you know, would have been in a position to take a seeable course or, you know, like one of the courses in the North Northwest where you can go, you know, learn to be a brewer, brewery, or excuse me, a brewer in an expedited, you know, period of time, you know, like six to eight or 12, 10 to 12 week courses. But in our case, you know, being in our, you know, mid thirties, uh, most of us, well, I guess all of us actually, you know, having, you know, wives, kids, you know, it's just not something that was feasible. And so having him around, it gives us the benefit of almost having a, you know, a crash course in brewing, which has been, you know, very much welcomed. And not to mention, we know that, you know, anything that we do produce is going by his taste buds and some of his associates who, you know, are also on, you know, like, you know, super Cicerone <laughs> or master brewer level, you know, that, you know, they, they do beer judgings and, you know, tastings all the time. So, you know, that they can kind of, they know what, you know, judges would look for, you know, in addition to just what, you know, people like. And so we've had that benefit, fortunately to, you know, have the type of person to where we've been able to hone our recipes and, you know, hone our beer to a point where, you know, once we do let anyone taste it, we've known that it's, it's gone through a small little gamut first. It's not just a, you know, hey, we made this, let's put it out. It's It's been several brews, some, you know, straight drain pours where it's like, no, nah, that's not it. You know, we need, let's let's go to the, back to the drawing board. Let's try something a little bit different. Uh, you know, these are the flavors that we're trying to get. You know, we want to do W, X, Y, and Z and, you know, doing everything that we can to make sure that we kind of check those off uh, you know, because that's that's important to us, especially, you know, being people of color. We all know everything that we do. You have to be twice as nice because the first thing anytime something goes wrong, the first thing they're going to say is that, you know, you don't belong in this space. This this wasn't for you anyway. So you recognize you have to make sure that the things that you are putting out are, you know, at a high level and are top notch. And are the types of things that are, you know, more or less beyond reproach. And, you know, he sort of he sort of gives us that ability in a sense, um, in a way that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. It's really good. So I want to get back to something that you were saying about um, sometimes you have to pivot. And can you tell tell me a time uh, that you had to pivot? You didn't maybe necessarily think that 
you were going in the right direction. I mean, you thought that you were going in the right direction and you had to pivot and the lesson learned as far as, you know, knowing that you had to pivot, that you kind of took from there, that you would, would want to share with someone. That's a good question. I I actually think the best example, especially recent example, is for us allowing us allowing ourselves the openness to say, hey, you know, maybe we can do something that's unique to the Houston area coming, you know, doing a, you know, two or two brewery under one roof concept. Um, and I say that because I think unequivocally, this was the type of venture, you know, you've been working on it, it's your baby, uh, your passion project, something that you've been, you know, devoting tons and tons of time to for, you know, many, many years. And you legit want to be able to say, hey, I did this all by myself. This is all me. This is all us. Look at what we did. But, you know, the reality is, especially coming directly out of COVID, there were so many uncertainties surrounding, uh, you know, at the time it was, you know, are there going to be any more shutdowns? Are they going to maintain beer to go sales in Texas? Uh, Shoot, were they even going to keep the ability for you know breweries who did not open with a food component uh and you know making at least you know 51 percent of their sales from food to even continue to operate if you know things got crazy and there had to be different restrictions and so believe it or not the first time that we were approached it was a complete like nah that you know that's not something you know we necessarily think we'd be interested in uh, you know, especially not knowing how we would approach it, because what we didn't want to do was to ever be swallowed up in a sense where it's like, okay, well, those you know those guys over there, you know, are they even still really a black-owned brewery? And you know, it, it took a lot of convincing uh, by Mufasa to kind of say, well, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. You know, you just might have to think about you know, how you approach it, you know, if you, if you set up, you know, your business arrangement where, yes, you may have the craft culture exchange, but it's still presented by Ovenic Brewing, which is the female owned brewery. And then you have for the culture, it's like, you can still make sure to do things where it's clear, like, Hey, you know, this, this was still made by, you know, the black people, (laughs) this was made by, uh, the woman owned non-black people and of course any collabs or anything that you do together in-house you know you can present both as such but you can still do the same things to present your identity and let it be known that you're still a brewery of color and it's still very important for you to reach out to that demographic that's being very you know underserved because i think that's probably the most beautiful thing as well about right now is that it's a lot of us that are realizing that uh, not to not to take uh, crowns and hops motto, but you know, black people love beer, <laughs> and it's you know it's the truth. It's just a lot of us, you know, weren't exposed to it at an early age, to where we were able to develop that appreciation. 
And so I think that being open to that as a possibility, like, hey, you know, you getting started, you can get your foot in the door, you can at least start making your product. Uh, you can at least start serving your community, your local area of Houston. Um, and as long as you keep, you know, representing and represent well and, you know, make good liquid, uh, you know, you can make it work. And I, and I think I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, we allowed to, you know, honestly allowed ourselves to do that. I can see how that would be a fine line as you were talking. It made me think about um, being unapologetic. No, unapologetic. I'm got tongue tied. Unapologetically, no I got you, girl. Yes, black. <laughs> so why I, my tongue is still cold from ice cream. So doing, <laughs> and, but not trying to alienate anyone as well. Because Absolutely. when I when I think of for culture, you honestly, this is what I when I when I heard for the culture, it made me think of Fubu. It just made me yeah. equate to that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the vibe that I get from it. And being that you're gonna be in over there in six ten in the loop, um what what little nuances do you think that you're going to be able to add that's going to not necessarily yell at people that I'm black, I'm black, I'm blackity black, but let them know, is it maybe your can design or some of the names of your beers? What do you think that you're going to kind of put that little trademark on to let them know? I think, I think for us, uh, at least, at least initially, uh, we're going to be on a smaller system. We're starting off on a three and a half barrel system, okay. and so our thought process is that you know at the time, canning won't you know canning won't be an option immediately. Uh, it you know it may come within the you know the, the following year or so, but we realize like most of this is going to be you know tap room, you know growlers. And, well, and I guess don't get me wrong, it, there might be some. You know cans to go but immediately the thought process behind that right now is that they'll just kind of be generic cans that we can sort of write what's on it <laughs> so that people can take something to go while leaving the brewery but it might not necessarily be you know stocked to sh shelves head to you know head to toe just yet but all of us are you know very community oriented and community service oriented and so for us and luckily our joint venture partners have you know they're they're comfortable with us being us where you know we we would we want to have events uh you know similar to black is beautiful where we do things to you know raise money for the community uh where we have events events to bring out uh you know people who might not be as aware of you know beer craft beer as an option you know things where you can kind of like hey you know come watch us brew come learn the process you know events that basically connect with the community um, and try to pull in people from the surrounding community as well to say, hey, you know, this is why we're doing it. We're doing it for the craft beer culture. And, you know, if you allow us, you know, we want to be that, you know, that staple and, you know, kind of that place that, you know, people think about where it's like, hey, you know, I, I can come out there, I can hang, um, but I also might learn some things <laughs> while I'm there. And later, of course, Yes, we you know we would love to have you know canned designs that are very you know reflecting of our culture, 
um, as that time comes about, um, as well as, you know, merch and paraphernalia, uh, it, may, it wouldn't be performative to the extent of like Kente, of, of course, but, you know, things that, you know, represent who we are and, you know, where we're from. I mean, even for us being out of Houston, uh, you know, we, we call ourselves like the little Bruda clique, you know, playing off the, you know, if anybody's familiar with the screwed up clique, but that's, that's us, you know, we, we feel like, of course, we're, you know, we're our own little underground, you know, clique, if you will. And, you know, we, we want to take that mainstream in our, you know, in our, you know, in our area and, you know, really represent, you know, what it is to, you know, to be black, young, educated, um, and to have a love of beer. And as you mentioned, you know, kind of do that in an unapologetic manner uh, to let, you know, not only the people that look like us know, like, hey, you know, we're not we're not just doing this, you know, to chase clout. Like we really think that more of us people of color and women should see beer as a viable libation as opposed to just, hey, I just want wine or, hey, I just, you know, want a hard spirit. But as everybody I'm sure in here knows or realizes all the time, like to me, beer is by far the most social of the drinks and also kind of the most fun. I, I, I really haven't come across anybody else that, you know, yeah, I've seen like bourbon tastings or stuff like that, but of course you can't drink a whole lot, but I've seen some of the people in this room, you know, the kill shots, <laughs> you know, when it's 30, 40 cans and bottles of assorted things and everybody's having a good time, uh, you know, sharing, fraternizing um, and really getting to know each other and just having an absolute good time. And that's kind of the vibe that we want to bring to the little, the little section of Northwest Houston. Well, I commend you. I'm so excited. uh, And I can't wait. It's literally uh, probably by the time you get your last leg of it, I would have gone through Houston, but I'll be back. Um, just to know that you are the first black owned brewery, does that just like, like freak you out? Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm the first or, um, it's like, well, sure. Yeah, I'm the first, but there should be 10 more of me. Do you, do you realize how, how much of an inspiration that you are coming to Houston. I I don't think that it's fully sunk in yet, only because <laughs> it's been such a long journey. And mm-hmm. yes, I, I do I do think it's you know, we all think it's, you know, cool on one hand that, you know, we can we can be some of that repre- representative change, you know, especially in the Houston area that, you know, otherwise laws itself on being so diverse, but you know that's not something that you just immediately see. And it's kind of surprising, you know, in the, in the, in the beer industry that, oh, wow, you know, there are some, you know, black and brown breweries. And there are a few brown breweries that have come online and, you know, the past year, you know, of course. Uh, but, you know, especially in the black space, it, it is sort of nice to feel as though you're pioneering something. But of course, we absolutely would love for there to, you know, be 10 other you know, breweries that look like us, because if nothing else, I, I tell people all the time that the breweries in Houston, I haven't met a complete jerk yet. Uh, most of the times um, when you talk to, 
you know, the owners and managers, et cetera, of some of these, you know, other brewing establishments, most are so open and welcoming and so helpful. Um, shoot, I was, I was uh, visiting uh, one of the owners of a brewery called Eleven Below on Friday, just stopping by after work to, you know, see what was going on. And, you know, he's like, here, take a case of beer. You know what I mean? And it's like, I came, you know, I came to support. I had already bought some stuff. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just take this too. And that's kind of surprising, you know, because a lot of industries and a lot of things, you would assume an inherent level of competition just based on being in the same industry. But we haven't really gotten a lot of that. And I, I definitely wouldn't want that amongst the people that look like us, because to me, there's so much that could be made of that, especially in a city like this, as large as it is, heck, Texas, for that matter, there's so much room and so much space, you know, where we could all get along and we could, you know, so much opportunity for, you know, collaborative things, uh, you know, brewery tours where, you know, you almost do like a local green book type of thing. Like, hey, you know, we're going to take you over here, take you over there and you get to see and taste and sample offerings from you know different places to me that would be amazing um and it would really help to kind of solidify you know houston as a you know a destination for breweries in my opinion because you know texas as a whole is behind uh comparatively uh i think we're still like 46th per capita which is crazy but you know it lets us know that there's still a lot of room for growth and so that takes a little bit of the load off where you don't feel like you're in a super you know, saturated market, like if we were going to, you know, maybe a San Diego or Denver, and and you know for sure <laughs> that it's literally hundreds of breweries, you know, we're getting close, but, you know, we're still, I think, only around the upper 70s to 80, you know, breweries around. So, you know, hey, we, we you know, we look forward to the challenge and, and we definitely want to represent well, uh, but we also do not want to be the last. That's the absolute thing the last thing that we would want. And I think I personally would feel uh, like a failure if somewhere along the line, you know, before, you know, our time either on the earth or the industry is up where we didn't look around and at least see two or three more breweries doing just what we are doing and, you know, showing the world that, you know, it started with us and, you know, we continue to do it as well. I definitely agree with you. Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Carl. I'm going to um, open the floor up. Someone has any questions for you, if you'd be okay to answer them. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm opening up. Uh, anyone has a question for Carl? Uh, what's the highest ABV beer that y'all gonna make though? That's you already know. I drink, drink. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta kick it off with that. The 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 highest stuff, the highest ones that we're working on right now are in the ten to eleven percent range. You gotta work. You gotta work. Uh, it's a uh, a few stouts that we've been working on with Mufasa, uh, the milk porter that I, I know you love. That one, I think we're going to try to keep that around eight and a half percent. For sure. Where it where it's been, uh, but I guess one of the one of the crazy things about having someone with 
you know, more beer knowledge than that he's forgotten and we remember it. You know, it's it's constantly like something new. Like literally a couple of weeks ago, uh Mufasa was just like, Hey man, somebody ordered some grains, they never picked it up. So uh they were making an old ale. Just come get it. It's, you know, it should be around ten percent and just come 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 make it. Let's see if it's still good. I don't know. The grains were milled a long time ago. I think like a few weeks ago, they had been sitting there. So he was like, I don't know how much, you know, sugar you're going to get off of them. So it might, it might be a dud. It might not be. Let's see what happens. But, you know, we made it. Uh, and it's delicious. And so that was something that we hadn't even considered. And in fact, I thought he was being funny when he said it's an old L because I thought he was just saying it's an L that's really old because the grains have been sitting there so long. But in fact, that's an actual beer style. And, it, you know, it, it's a little, you know, a little malty with a little hint of honey. Uh, and it's just really, 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 really smooth. And it's like something that we were thinking we would have never thought about. But now, you know, we're going to try it a couple of more times, see how it comes out. And, you know, that might be the type of thing that we add to one of our future tapas rotations. Nice. Oh, and uh, eventually, uh, sorry, uh, Kendrick, uh, to your point, eventually uh, we we do we do plan to initiate you know a barrel program, but you know those those usually have to sit for a little while. So you know it probably probably be like a you know a, a year to eighteen months out, of course, uh, before any of that. But uh, you know, to me, I feel like you're wasting your time if whatever you put in that barrel isn't at least you know eleven twelve percent. You might as well. I'm like you might as well, you might as well get the most out of it. So <laughs> yeah, man, I'm winning all the way, breath my own way. <laughs> so just hold, hold on, bro. It, we'll be working. For sure, for sure. I have a question. Um, I don't think I heard you say this, but other than um deciding to collaborate and of course funding, what was your um I guess second biggest hurdle with opening your brewery? The second biggest hurdle was definitely real estate. Uh, here, as well as with the rest of the country, everybody is losing their minds. And the the cost of, you know, even just renting a place that, let's say the place is relatively ready to go, uh, relatively new build, relatively open for you know, relatively open floor plan so that you can, you know, do the things that you need to do with, you know, minimally invasive uh, construction and build out, you know, those places tend to be outrageous. I mean, in some of the parts of Houston, you know, that we look, people might want anywhere from 35 to $50 a square foot. And as I'm sure you can imagine anything, you know, if you're doing anything over 5,000 square feet, that, that can quickly becomes a huge, huge uh, expense to occur. And then on the flip side, sometimes, you know, you might find a place where you think rent is reasonable, but then you go look out in the back and, you know, it might be a body or something, you know, kidding, not kidding. And that, those types of things are really, <laughs> really, really hard to juggle um, because you know that no matter what you're, you know, construction wise, you're probably going to be somewhere, you know, at minimum around a few hundred thousand dollars, um, unless you just happen to find a older, you know, brew pub that's selling, 
or brewery that's selling and you know they, they basically have the basic infrastructure you know in place but between you know trying to get things up to code as well as you know any construction that may be required uh, those things can put such a monkey on your back you know just trying to you know you know figure it out exactly how are you going to approach it what are you going to do how are you going to pay for it because you know in the back of your mind everyone is always thinking like you know i have to get my construction completed um in addition to i have to have my equipment ready to go and that's you know that's not just your brew house not just your fermenters uh usually you're also thinking about your cold storage you're also thinking about glycol chillers um, and then extra might be something like air conditioning, you know, depending on the place where you're at, as well as anything that the city may determine is not up to code, you know, having enough fire exits, uh, having vents, you know, little little things like that, that a person may not necessarily think about when you just simply do not know what you do not know. And so that was probably the most humbling part um, about all this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate uh, my boy, A.K., who was, you know, working with us for quite some time. We were really trying to, you know, find the, you know, a good spot, not perfect, but, a, you know, a really favorable spot. Um, it just so happened that in the process, we happened to have something, you know, more or less fall in our lap. And to back Carl up on that, uh, he's 100% on that. Um, that sometimes a lot of small businesses don't realize the impact of what it takes to do something like what these guys are doing. And then we all kind of think back and look at some of the breweries, some of the small breweries that we uh, go, go to. And no matter what city you're in, they're usually in like little small places. They kind of grow, you know what I mean? So that's kind of one of the things to grow. I really think Cardinal is in a great situation to build their name, build their, uh, their following, um, and then able to grow into something bigger. You know what I mean? Then then the investors will come. So once they have a good product out there, the investors will come. And then they, get, they can get where they, they, they need to be. But uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, in front of everybody, Carl and the rest of the nation, in front of the nation, man, congratulations. I know it's been a struggle for you guys. Y'all always stay persistent and it pushed through. And um, everything that's coming to you is well worth it. You guys earned it. Uh, congratulations and uh, put Houston on the spot, man. We're ready. You know, the brother's ready to go drinking. I appreciate that, man. Carl, I didn't ask you. Um, tell me your, I guess, because I don't want to say one because no one is like kids. You, you don't want to choose your top three favorite beer styles that you enjoy drinking? Top three. Um, what, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I, I guess if, I guess I can lump stouts and barrel aged stouts in the same category. Uh, those sure. uh, those uh, barley wines and Belgian style beers. Okay. Do you have a preferred beer that you enjoy making? Like, okay, I can knock this out real quick, or I, or I, it's intricate, but I still enjoy the result. 
it's it's probably for myself it's it's one is probably our milk porter um because as we've done pop-ups in and around houston uh those it is is received incredibly incredible excuse me incredibly good feedback um people really really seem to enjoy that um and another one is the one that we do sort of you know just as a fun novelty beer um where we just take a a pale ale base and we'll infuse it with hibiscus and elderflower and mm. that's that's been something that was a bit of a surprise because we we did it just kind of goofing off um one day with you know some ingredients we were uh, ch- we chanced upon but it it also happened to get you know really really good feedback and it's it's not something in any way that you know we made uh, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, women, uh, women were really, really like this, but unintentionally, it just so happened, you know, there's something that we were just like, eh, this is a one-off. We'll just see what happens. Uh, but we found that a lot of people who did enjoy it, they sort of appreciate the, the floral, uh, aromatics, you know, that it gives off it, and it almost tastes, we, we often have it compared to, you know, like a red wine in, you know, in, in drink style, when people drink it, you know, and we were surprised that a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, I, I do like making it. Unfortunately, it's been really, 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 really hard to actually find elderflower lately. So I haven't oh. been able to, I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's literally been about six months where we just haven't been able to, you know, get it sourced in. So we're not sure if that's something that we can do in the long run, uh, depending on circumstances, but I, I would like to, you know, make it again on occasion. Okay, cool. That's good. Anybody else has a question? Yeah, I got a question. Um, so, what do you do to? I mean, how, I mean, how do you start the uh, the, the uh, thought process when you're writing your recipes? Uh, for us, it's it's usually a you know like I guess I guess recently uh, we were trying to make a a you know a chocolate stout with pecan, but it was we didn't want to do we didn't want to add lactose to it. We we wanted to be sort of you know venturing into like the sweet stout arena. But without said going doing so by you know adding the lactose to it to kind of add that you know that sweetness to it, and so we went to our cheat code uh, Mufasa, and you know we're kind of breaking it down like you know what what we were thinking about, um, and that's where you know he suggested some things that you know honestly we hadn't really thought about as far as you know stout making, um, and you know and sometimes cutting back on the roasted barley so that you don't have necessarily so much of like, I guess that potentially burnt accurate flavor that you can kind of get almost like the burnt coffee flavor that some styles give off. But he was just suggesting like, Hey, you know, don't use as much roasted barley and then just add a little bit more chocolate than you normally would. And boy, I tell you that man knows some things because it came out about as well as, you know, we could have expected for the, you know, the first time. And it was pretty close to, you know, in my head, you know, kind of what we envisioned. 
And, you know, surprisingly, because I, I was expecting him to not suggest using like a, a pecan extract, but, uh, you know, he said, go ahead and try it. He just said, you know, use a little bit and, you know, it worked because I was afraid of having like that artificial flavor that some breweries kind of introduced because they, instead of, you know, maybe putting the, the fruit in or uh, the actual pecans in, you know, they, they take that that extra step of just using the extract, but sometimes they overdo it just a little bit much. And I'm, I'm sure you've all had beers where you catch wind of that artificial flavor and it's like, Ugh. Over, yeah, uh, uh, there's, there's a, a brewery down, down there. That's, 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 that's like well known for it, man. Uh, but, Does it start uh, with an eye? <laughs> <Exactly. Absolutely. laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you're right though. Uh, because fired. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, bro. Uh, but you know you're right though because when you know when you're thinking of you know I'm, I'm just gonna go buy five pounds of pecans that's gonna run you about uh, seventy five hundred bucks and Ooh, and then it? and then you know you're really not gonna get that much flavor from it you know so so it's it's best to use just, just a, a good extract you know it's not cheating you know everybody does it it's just you know you using it in moderation and just you know kind of uh, you know just trial trial and error you know you know what I'm saying so. Absolutely, bro. Anybody else? So what loggers or pilsers can we expect from Thanks, A.W., for that question. Uh, we have a we have thoughts for some loggers and pilsners uh, for us on the for the culture side, though, due to temperature control reasons on the homebrew side. Uh, don't be scared of it, bro. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, I, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I didn't no. brew, you know, I didn't brew one until like, man, I've been brewing you know, since 2013 ish. And I didn't brew one until like two or three years ago because I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, but what I've, you know, well, when I first brewed one, it was like, all right, you, uh, you know, you do the same fermentation, you know, you, you know, you start off cool and then you, you know, ferment it for about a week or so, and then mm -hmm. you just lager it, you know, for like three or four weeks. And so I would say, get into it now before you get open. That way you, you get your, your, uh, your, your process down. Man. No, that's 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 good advice. And 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 JW, I assuredly, it's it's definitely on our radar because I think uh, I almost think it's like a natural progression these days that you know when you get into craft beer heavy and you go to the heavy side immediately, and then you get a little bit older in age and you're like, man, I can't do this shit. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Then you look up and you're like, man, let me see what those you know lager pilsner, you know coaches have to offer because I just these calories are too much, but admittedly, outside of you know trying to do you know pseudo pseudo lagers with like lutra kvike, uh, which is a a type of yeast that allows for lager like fermentation, but you know you can do it at ridiculously higher temperatures in general. Uh, we really hadn't tried to we really haven't happened to touch it um, as much because we were hoping to wait until we were actually with our big boy system where we had precise temperature control. But, you know, 
we're not afraid of a challenge and uh we definitely will try to see what we can start working on now because that is important to us as well because uh, ultimately we want to have a, a wide variety uh, of styles uh you know we're already thinking that we're going to have 16 taps and we want to make sure that you know we have the stuff and you know we all know that you know loggers and pilsners are a style that you know you really can't hide behind it and we don't want to hide behind it you know you have to kind of stand on it because it's not going to have the adjuncts it's not going to have the super hops necessarily that can mask the imperfections you know so you you kind of have to be ready to be the emperor with his new clothes uh when you step out there on and I, and we know how important that is not only as far as you know showing that you you know you're worth your salt in brewing but also in terms of catering to the people who, you know, frankly, just want to taste beer that tastes like beer. And that's all they're looking for. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. I mean, I, I and I am definitely excited for you opening. I just know that I know loggers and pilsters are, especially us being here in Texas, when they, when it gets really hot. And I do believe that stout season can be all year long, but there are those times when you just want something really crisp. Absolutely. Do that bite. Absolutely. So. And I definitely appreciate that question. And I promise you, we're not going to run away from it for long. We just, it, it was a conscious decision, but it's not because we weren't thinking about it. Good deal. Okay. Well, um, I want to thank you again, Carl, for uh, giving us some of your time. I know that you're busy, but we really appreciate you coming and sharing with us. And, um, want to just hear about what's exciting things that are going on you so y'all are always doing something but i'm just so i i cannot wait i will have someone to to go because literally i'm getting ready to go to houston and i didn't speak up but someone knows that i love craft beer so i was like where can i go where can we go when we're down there next time that i go i'll be able to say we can go to for the culture brewery. I was like, what? And I was like, it's black owned. No shit. Yes, let's go. <laughs> so. Well, I definitely think I definitely appreciate you guys, you know, even considering uh, having me. Um, it's, it's definitely been a pleasure. And that's what we're looking forward to. Hopefully, by fall to mid fall of this year, we'll have all of our ducks in a row and finally have our brewers notice so that we can finally start up. You know, pushing out some liquid and, and you know catering to you guys because we we definitely plan to cater to us first. But you know, just the way that for us for the culture is sort of a, a bad signal. Like, oh, okay, what what are they talking about? The white people just think it's cool. <laughs> we 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 tell them that it's for the craft beer culture. Just the beer is hidden, and you know, we haven't had a you know someone be like a, you know a bad response to that. So. We definitely look forward to, you know, do what we can to, you know, push us, you know, in the industry and, you know, definitely look forward to, you know, especially down the line, you know, collaborations with our, you know, other contemporaries uh, that we haven't had a chance to do it with yet because, you know, every step of the way we want to make sure that we're promoting us, uh, not just as a brewery, but, you know, us as people in the beer industry as much as possible. That's awesome. Um, I know we've, we've, uh, we're right here at the market of our time, but we have some announcements. Uh, first thing, as always, at the very top, 
if you're not a part of Discord, please join join uh, Discord because uh, we do update that with different things that are going on. Uh, Jerry, would you mind giving a quick commercial for this coming Sunday? So um, Sunday, uh, April 24th, Sunday, April 24th, between noon and three. Um, if you're not already in Dallas, and if you're going to be in Dallas that weekend, come see us. Uh, we're going to do a little uh, share and good time at Outfit Brewing. Um, and so that's going to happen again April 24th on Sunday between noon and three. And um, we'd love to see you and we'd love to kind of make a very big presence there. So come on through. Um, if you, there'll be some more details uh, there in the Discord. Um, and you can also connect with me. I'm on social media as NTX underscore beer. So I'll be happy to give you more information uh, when we connect. And by the way, I was going to tell Carl, I thank you very much. It, it, with, I know where Wind Park is. When I was living in Houston for a few years, I was on San Felipe and Fountain View. So I definitely know that area. We'll look forward to seeing you in the future. Oh, uh, yeah. And also, um, I want to let y'all know that the latest episode of Modern Brews and Beats is out uh, with yours truly on there. And I make uh, Tony blush. And you can hear it through the recording. So that was fun. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> at last, Ashley, are you able to give your announcement? I am. So yeah. <laughs> come through. It was posted in Discord, but uh, Lifting Lucy is proud to present Brutiful Ones 2022 at the New Power Generation Nightclub at the one and only Paisley Park. This is going to be happening on May 6th, so it'll be the last hurrah, hopefully, um, for most of us who can stay a day after CBC, because there's just too much to compete with during that week. Um, but their information is in Discord. I'll post it again. We were very intentional about everything, but especially making sure that we had opportunities to showcase specifically Black-owned breweries. So we have in-kind sponsorship opportunities. You know, if you have some merch you'd like us to sell there or some beer or just information like this is fam, we're happy to work with you to make sure that you guys are a part of this iconic event um, any way possible. But it'll be food, beer. We obviously have to do a karaoke session. Um, so very, very excited about it. And I'm sure you're going to do Morris Day, but I forget. Ain't no sure. Of course. You, you know, gigolos get lonely is like my personal mantra, right? That's, that's <laughs> me all day. My goodness. Does anyone else have any announcements? Those are the ones that I knew off the top of my head. But if not, you didn't no, I'm just sad I'm not going to be in Minneapolis, Ashley. Right. But it's okay, though. Yeah, I'm well, very sad about that, too. Well, here's the thing. Paisley Park, you know, it's Paisley Park, and they literally took almost three months to get back in touch with us. And so once they finally confirmed, we pulled the trigger on it. But that doesn't mean that we can't do more events like this at other iconic places. 
Um, I just sent an email to the city of Las Vegas here because CBC 2024 will be here in Vegas. Um, But, you know, Lifting Lucy, we've been busy. We've had amazing support, and it's really important for us to do culturally connected events. Um, So I I know I want everybody to be there, but that doesn't mean that we can't do it again. We can't do it somewhere else. I am going to shoot myself in the foot right now, but I really, really would love for us to do a big event in Atlanta. Um, Trinice is going to kill me. Angie, don't tell her I said that in here, but we, we, we got some plans. She, if you look down, mother is... Ah, she came back. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so if your phone rings, don't it's all right but yeah we we couldn't be in minneapolis and not try to do something there um so yeah but but that's the thing you know we're we're happy to work with everybody to make sure that you are represented we'll have a a marketplace for lack of a better phrase where you know if you've got stickers or something you want to send to us just so people can get your information and, and get your brand out there we'll make it happen Excellent. That's awesome. Trinice, did I forget anything? Other than us throwing an event in Atlanta coming up? Well, I didn't say when. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just, go ahead. I, go ahead. Get your bag. Yeah, I've been hopping in and out because I'm like everybody, I'm sure, on this panel. You know, we busy. But um, I, I just, I'm just so proud. I'm really proud of Carl. What are y'all doing? Can all of y'all? I really, really am. So I, I really had to jump back on and just let y'all know, like, Carl, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you very much, Shani. Do you mind sharing with us your new title and role that you have just another hat that you've acquired, Janice? Me? Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I took on a task with um, Charles County, which is where Patuxent Brewing is located in Waldorf, Maryland. Um, I'll be the co-chair of their business outreaches, which is through the Economic Development Department. So, um, again, I'm looking to bring a lot more craft beer to the scene where we're at. Um, and just you know, really try to put some of these small businesses on that they're they're not thinking about, um, that they haven't invested in. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's been really an eye opener for them, and it's been a lot of learning for me, talking to a lot of the smaller vendors that have amazing products, great talent, but again, um, there's just been a disconnect between them and getting the investment that they need from EDD. So, what I'll say to anyone who's not already kind of involved or trying to engage their EDD, they have even more funding coming their way. Um, And that's for every county. Um, There's a lot more funding coming. It's already been approved through legislation. So if you need apprentices, if you need um, staff members, they can pay for it. They can outright pay for it. Um, And if you don't have a connection with them or if you need some more resources, please reach out to me. Thank you so much. Um, 
Chris, do you have anything, Kendrick, before we close out? I'm good on my end. Just looking forward to go back to New York, uh, drink all these beers that I've acquired. But uh, next Monday, um, like I said, I could be loud and uh, it won't be two o'clock in the morning. So uh, uh, stout, I'm looking forward uh, to stout that. Stout so, night, stout right, night. I was like, oh, stout night. Be drinking, drinking. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, stout night. We, we, we're okay, going to bring cool, back cool, the cool. stout, stout night. <laughs> okay, for sure, for sure. I'll be ready. I'll be ready, for sure. That works. Well. Thank thank you all once again for coming and sharing. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bring your stouts. Big body one. For sure. Bye, y'all. <laughs> I realize I don't say it enough in this room. I really, truly love each and every one of you. I really do. Hey. I'm so thankful for you all. Y'all just hey, don't man. know. We family in this thing. Appreciate you. For y'all. real. Yeah. For sure. Same, Ashley. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good night, y'all. All All right, good night. Later. Good night. (laughs) Just saying, what's up, Rodney? What's going on, Carl?